Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. Lord, all night and central. Follow me now. Say hi, take Sometimes. Have you found anything that helps quell your neuroses? Because I can't consistently find anything. Uh, it's going to sound real cliche, but um, meditation? It really helps? Yeah. Uh, how long did it take for it to help? Because I, I have a personal... <laughs> <laughs> like I, have I need a, to know. Uh, yes, asking for a friend. <laughs> I have a personal experience. Uh, you know what? I did not keep track, um, but maybe a week or two really yeah you got to be consistent though because i noticed like when i'm not consistent that franticness builds up again <laughs> it creeps in, it creeps like tense <laughs> just tense in the shoulders and all yeah and you like gotta take a deep breath again do you do transcendental meditation or do you just is it i bought an app okay what's the name of the app if you don't <laughs> mind me asking we'll get our first sponsor <laughs> Um, Headspace. I really like it because uh, it tells you exactly what to do. Oh, it does. Yeah, and that the, and they, it's got this really nice British guy that okay. makes you feel old British guy or young British guy. If you had a guess, maybe older, middle aged. That's what I you want. Know. Yeah, you want a guy who knows what he's doing. He's yeah. an older British guy. He's seen. He's like the Butler and Batman. I don't know nerd <laughs> shit. <but> I, I, <laughs> Is that the only British guy you know? That's the only British man I know is the and, and Austin Powers' his father. <laughs> the, <laughs> are the only two British people I got. But the reason I ask you is because I uh, I'm into you know learning about new things. So I I would hear all these people talking about how much meditation helped and how it, it worked for them, and I totally didn't give it enough time. But I tried it one time, uh, and it was right in that kitchen. I was gotten ready for work. Uh, and I was I was ready, so mm -hmm. I had a couple minutes to play with. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try meditating and get centered for my day, or whatever it is, <laughs> get focused, or just clear my brain. Or and I, yeah. I obviously didn't know what I was doing because it was my first time doing it. But I did what I thought would be a meditating thing, and literally uh, four minutes later, I had left this parking lot mm -hmm. and I was driving out to the red light. And there was a car that made a right-hand turn at the red light and came out like too wide, mm -hmm. but was lazy about getting back because it was, you know, five in the morning. So they didn't really care. Like they were just being lazy about it. And without thinking, I jerked my wheel to the left to, as if I was going to head on collide with that person to teach them a lesson. And that was four minutes after the first time. <laughs> what would have happened if you didn't meditate? If I didn't meditate, yeah. I wouldn't be here. I, I, <laughs> you would have just ran him over yeah i it, you'd be at least four days from being on your first podcast uh, for <laughs> comedy because <laughs> there are like six comics and they all want a guest for their podcast so it would have taken you a couple more days but it, it wouldn't have been this one that you started on um speaking of that i guess i guess we can cut in at some point in, in my craziness okay. uh today i have with me as my guest the very funny Alyssa suggs uh just got started with us three weeks ago right yeah. Three, three full weeks ago. Yep. Uh, and that's one of the fun reasons I wanted to bring you is for a, a couple of reasons. Number one is because often you don't get to talk about what it's like for a new comic to start doing comedy as they're starting to go through comedy. So I, I haven't spoken to someone about that in a long time. And two is that you got off the ground running. And I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but you got off the ground running pretty quickly and seem much further beyond your time doing it uh which whenever that happens there's been a couple times in the group that that's happened 
and I I kind of I try to throw everyone out of the way because there's there's two things that can happen. Someone gets off the ground running really fast and goes well and takes off, mm-hmm. does a really good job, uh, which is what I think is going to happen with you. It just seems that way. You seem very comfortable doing this. Then there are some people who start and they get off the ground running very quickly, uh, but they don't know they don't know why they're doing well, which is common, but I think they try to recapture, they try to, you know, catch whatever it is that they're doing and then spend a year or two trying to chase that again. It takes a little while to get back to just the natural comfort they have with it. Mm -hmm. And then there's a third category of people that get started and off on the right foot and some people get to them and give them advice and take them in the wrong corners and give them, you know, set them in the wrong direction or give them bad advice. And then they spend six months trying to get back from that. So when I saw you, I put all the brakes on <laughs> and I've been I, I when I see people like you or or like uh, Landon or Jessica or some, or even like the uh, a long time ago, Richard, mm-hmm. when I see you people come through, I am I am. I will be rude to people who I hear. Most people, I'll just let give advice and you know live and let live. Yeah. But if I see some of you shining stars, I will be rude to people I hear giving the wrong advice. So my apologies if you've noticed me blow up a conversation or two that you were a part <laughs> of, but, but I will do that. Well, I appreciate it. You're very gracious. Uh, I've been nothing but kind, uh, and I, I don't know how to how to take that because I, I don't – I don't feel like <laughs> you don't you don't feel like what <laughs> that, that that that's accurate but that's my own oh that's good yeah. that's what i want to get into so yeah. um just to just to get started what was how how did you f- what made you decide to do con- i get to ask you all the annoying questions because no one's asked you them yet like when you when you sit down with a comic that's torn nationally they've been asked a thousand times what got you into comedy. Mm-hmm. This is great. I get to do it for kind of the first time. So did you hear about the open mics in Bakersfield here before, or did you decide you wanted to do comedy and, and sought them out? Well, it's, I mean, it's a two, two part, I guess. I've always wanted to do comedy. Okay. Um, do you remember when that started? Like young, young. Um, I, never connected with like music like i get music Mm -hmm. it's cool but i've never like connected with it that wasn't something that was an escape for me what has always been an escape for me is people speaking um and then when uh my family got xm radio when i was real young but they put it in the house <laughs> not the car. <laughs> not they, the put car. It, they put it in the house. Easier to put it in the house at yeah. that point because then you have to get a, like a big antenna back then or something. Yeah. So we had XM radio in our living room and I discovered the the comedy station. Okay. And I would just listen to that nonstop. And then when I got older, I would just listen to, I would download and just listen to comedy albums. And I just, I loved it. That was what, I just thought that was such a cool skill to like be able to get up and um and to do that yeah. and uh so but I never thought that I would be be capable of it and so I I just was like I'll just watch that from afar and enjoy it. Yeah. Um and then I found out about the Bakersfield comedy stuff on Facebook. It just like popped up on my feed one day. Uh and it was it was actually my birthday. It was the first day I went and it was my first birthday since you know my divorce yeah and i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna take myself out for my birthday i'm gonna go <laughs> by myself i'm gonna just get dressed up and i'm gonna go check out this comedy thing and i came and checked it out and you guys looked like you were having so much fun 
And like, that was the first time seeing you guys do that. That was the first time it clicked. And I was like, I could do this. You want to do Oh, especially after this. you saw a few of us die. <laughs> and you're like, I could do that. <laughs> I was like, this is. Yeah, because when, you, when you're on XM or you're just downloading comedy albums, you're only seeing people do well. So yeah, you show up and you see how the sausage is made. And you're like, oh, yeah, of course. Like everything else, you can suck at this for a while. I, I'll tell you. What's the worst that could happen? I mean, yeah, and then you know, at that life, my or at that point, my life had fallen apart, so I didn't care anymore. I mean, like, what's the worst? I get up and no one. Welcome I bomb. home. Welcome home, my that, friend. <laughs> that is not the worst thing that can happen. So, the story of all great comedy. At that point, my life was falling apart. You're with us. Is what that means. That's <laughs> that's, that's perfect. So, did you come out a uh, week that you? Oh, it was before you started performing. That the night you jumped on stage wasn't the first time you were at Tumblr. No, I think I came two or three times. Okay, good. Um, I think the th- this third time I wanted to sign up, but then I chickened out. Gotcha. And then yeah, maybe I think it was about the fourth time. That I did I came that a out. little bit in my early days. When you had XM, did you listen to like Howard Stern or Opie and Anthony or any of them, or was it just the comedy bits? Um, it was mainly just like the, just the, like the comedy bits. Yeah. Oh, so um, you got to hear all the greats in like mixtape fashion at, at five to 12 minutes at a time. I'm sure. Bas- yeah. Basically like five, yeah. Five to eight minute bits that they just roll through. Like on com, I think it's called comedy USA. Okay. That kind of stuff. That's such a good way to have it too. Like I remember when I, when I fell in love with comedy was right when those comedy central presents started coming mm-hmm. out. And I was like, I think I'm, I've got five years on you. You're 27, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm 32. And when I was like like 11 or 12 is when they did these Comedy Central Presents. Uh, and it was the first time they had done that. It was these half-hour specials. But it wasn't like now it's pretty saturated where if you look at the new lineup of comedy acts on Comedy Central, there will be half hours that go to like comics that have been at it as long as me, like five years, mm-hmm. maybe 10 years. But then it was brand new. So the people that they were booking for this had already been at it 15 to 20 years. Like they were the vet yeah. national headline like kevin meany and david tell and all yeah. these and so they got up and just smashed it and i was <laughs> blown away and just and, but i grew up in pennsylvania you know three thousand miles from here and in mm-hmm. a real small town so i had no connection of like saying i never thought of i could try that or or figure out a way to get to do it myself for I, I don't know what I thought. I just thought these people were anointed comedians and a room full of people showed up to see them <laughs> and I can just enjoy it. And yeah. then I was uh, another reason that, that we have a kinship is I started doing comedy when I was 27. Uh, the, nice. Uh, yeah. So you, you started at 27. I started at 27. And uh, I had figured it out when I, I moved to Oklahoma and I lived in Tulsa and they had a comedy club. And that's when I found out about the open mic and all that stuff. And I chickened out a few times. Uh, and they did a lottery, too, which was nice. So not only did I chicken out a few times, but I chickened in a few times and pulled a no. So I got to pretend like I was upset about that. Yeah. Uh, and then I pulled the yes and promptly had a heart attack thinking about whatever four minutes I was going to talk about <laughs> the next week. So when, how long did it take from the first time you came out until you decided tonight's the night I'm doing it? and didn't chicken out i think it was like the fourth time okay yeah so it was just a, did you come for a couple straight weeks or was it a few months in between i think it was in a row it was whatever i don't know if it was like back to back but it was it was consistently in a row like just coming out and you had already started writing at that point I had been so the first the first joke that i told on my first night i had ha- i've had that written in my phone for 
probably over a year. I was writing stuff thinking, oh, I'll never do this, but I have to write it down because I think it's funny. Yeah. And um, is this the blinds joke without getting into it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So were you looking at your husband of like, I'm going to get something out of you. I don't know what it's going to be. But And you know what's funny is I wrote it down in a very loving way. The joke originally had started out with like, I love him so much, but he's like, uh, he's an idiot. <laughs> isn't it, isn't it funny when you realize I can drop the fat on this and, and just. Then, and, then, <laughs> and then, yeah, I went back after, after everything. And I was like, I, I don't, yeah, don't need that part. That's right. Yeah. I can just, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes the best thing about a breakup is like, it, it's probably the opposite ways of like the, when you first wrote, it's like, I love this guy so much, but he's being an idiot this one day to yeah. right after the breakup is like this piece of shit. Wait till you hear what he did. <laughs> and then after a couple of weeks of that, it's like, I could just drop all that and get into what he did. Yeah. Cause if I explain what he did, you guys are going to go, Oh wow. It, yeah. That, that needs a little bit to go, which is, yeah. which is, it's nice to have that freedom <laughs> to do but by the way what a great it's a great first bit and not to make you uncomfortable again but it's a it's a hell of a first bit uh does that scare you that you wrote a first bit that works very well uh that that you got you and like other yeah a little bit that i mean that's you don't want to start you don't want to have a one hit wonder that's right <laughs> you don't want to be the chumbawamba of comedy <laughs> <laughs> but i remember worrying about that the first time i did an open mic uh, my set was dog shit. And then the second time it was dog shit too. And then the third time I wrote a bit that half of it actually worked. And every once in a while, I'll still put it back in my act. And mm -hmm. like someone said to me after I got off, like, Hey, that's an actual real bit that you have there. And I remember thinking after there was a good six months after that, where I was like, I don't think I'm going to write anything funnier. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I'm just, I think I'm just going to be a disappointment now. Cause I, <laughs> I can't see writing anything funnier than that. And now I look back and go, Jesus Christ. But yeah, I remember that being a legitimate concern. So you showed up uh, the first time you decided to actually do it. Mm -hmm. And here's where, again, uh, I already start off on the wrong foot. I don't know if you remember this, mm -hmm. but I certainly remember it. Uh, we're a small town scene, so I try to keep us as connected and warm as possible because when I started... Uh, the scene was a bit chilly, and I remember how long that chased me away. Mm -hmm. uh, so I like, you know, especially since we're a small town, we need all the people we can get to buy in. Yeah. And so you came up, and you had that shiny look in your eye of someone who's going to be doing comedy tonight. Uh, <laughs> but it just so happened that another person was reaching out to me about this woman from Los Angeles who's been who's been doing it a long time and she's toured like all over the uh the country doing stand up and said she's going to this this woman named Brandy's going to be passing through town mm -hmm. uh you, do you have a can you give her some extra time I said yeah I'll you know I'll give her 15 minutes at the end of the show and we'll look at bringing her back for a showcase or something like that down the road so you walk in and me I I worked with Brandy once before but it had been like 2 years ago and she kind of had her hair cut like yours and, mm -hmm. and you know and so when you walked in, you ha I could tell that you were going to do comedy that night. Uh, I didn't realize it was your first time and you'd probably just like worked your way up to getting in to sign up the list and you walk in and I meet you with, are you Brandy? And you just look at me and you say, no. And I just, st I stammered of like, oh, God, sorry, I I'm waiting on some, like it probably sounded worse too. Like, sorry, I'm waiting on someone else. And then you went outside and as you walked outside, you signed up and walked outside. And I thought, 
I wonder if I just chased another comic away and, and if she'll never come back again. Do you remember that yeah, whole? Yeah, no, yeah. Like, how, she was amazing, by the way. Like, I watched amazing. her and I was like, I want to be her when yeah, I we gotta bring Yeah, we got to bring her back for a show sometime. Because she not only did she did amazing, but that was after uh, nearly three hours of show, which is no, no yeah. easy task. No, she brought it home. Yeah. Uh, so what was it like for you walking in the doors and, and having a deal with your goofy host here, uh, screwing up your name as soon as you walk in? Oh, well, if it makes you feel any better, I didn't think two seconds about it okay, uh, good. i was more worried about me and that was that was why i walked back out i was like i, I can't do it <laughs> i have to go <laughs> i sat in my car for <laughs> like 30 minutes i was like i get. i guess i gotta I, i'm on the list i gotta go back in <laughs> <laughs> i can't let them i can't let them down back to our neuroses again i signed up i have to do it now <laughs> Yeah, so no, you you were the least of my worries. Okay, good. So you yeah. were in your head about all the other stuff. Yeah. You, isn't it funny how you kind of like it feels like you're like your chest high in water like when you're like you're just kind of gasping for gasping for air of like freaking out the first couple times you do it of like what happens when I get up there? What happens when I go back in the room and it just feels kind of like a swirl until you get on stage. It, at least that's what I encountered. Um it still feels like I was going to ask you that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, no, I panic every night. In your words, what what does it feel like? So from the beginning, when you're at your... At what point does it dawn on you that tonight is open mic slash show night? And like, what what's the day like for you when it starts to kick in until you get to perform until the end of the night? Like, what what's it like right now to go through? Um, it usually starts about, so what, like open mic start at, we start at seven. Yep. Usually about three or four o'clock is when the nerves start to like, the adrenaline starts to kick in. Mm -hmm. And then I just have to ride that until <laughs> and it just builds slowly up until the point of you go on stage, uh, and then you go on stage or I go on stage. And then afterwards it's like a complete drop. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will say it is like. What I, I don't know. It's what I imagine doing drugs is like. Okay. Because you. You're prude like me. Good. Yeah. No. <laughs> never. Yeah. I'm a real square. Okay. Um, good. But yeah. Because cause I. It's a real build up and then it's over and then I'm like, I got to do that again. Yes. <laughs> if, like yeah. you forget the pain. I always say, <laughs> I always say after you get off stage, it feels like fight club. You, do you ever see fight club? Yeah. You know, when he talks about like after you fight, the volume on the rest of life just gets turned down. Like I remember going to class. I was, I was in school when I started stand up, and I remember being afraid to speak during lectures and all that. And the next day I went into class and when a teacher called me, I was like, fuck you. You think I'm nervous? <laughs> you know what the fuck I just did last night? Comedy, bitch. <laughs> You'll never scare me again. It was, you know, I panicked the night I was doing comedy, but the yeah. next day I'd, I'd be like, yeah, that's right. Fight club, baby. <laughs> so you, do you feel that relaxation after that too of like, I can do whatever now? No, okay. no, there's no like, there's no confidence boost, but there is like a, like a um, delusion of like, that was like, even if it isn't awesome, like you get off and like, I be like childbirth, you forget all the pain, you forget everything you did wrong and you're like that was awesome yeah i gotta do that again. i gotta do that again <laughs> even when it's not awesome yes. it's always awesome yeah. yeah i i remember having that uh i would it, it was until for me it was until maybe a year into doing comedy that i wasn't on the ride to the venue mm -hmm. hoping uh and praying that it got canceled like that would have made me so happy <laughs> 
If I, it would have made me so happy if I walked in the venue and they're like, hey, we had a water main break. We can't do comedy tonight. That was my whole goal driving over there is just please don't. And then having to drag myself up of being like, I, I would like to do this someday. Uh, and if I want to do this someday, I have to do it today. Yeah. And then going all the way through that. And then I remember when it was over, it's just that the sheer relaxation of knowing that I dragged myself through it and did it. It just feels so nice to sit back down in the seat for another hour and watch everyone else uh, piss their pants on stage until that's over. Yeah, that's that's the other good part about it. I like that. Do you do you plan all your material at a certain point, but like the day before or the weekend before or on the way over? How does that work for you? I would love to say that I have... <laughs> stuff planned um and that i don't half-ass it um but honestly i have stuff written down and i'm writing i try because this is new i'm Mm -hmm. trying to gain that skill i'm trying to write constantly um but usually it is about 30 minutes before where it finally all kind of like lines up and i'm like okay i guess this is what i'm doing that's good that's like a that's a veteran move right there it, it took it took me a long time to get to the point where i'd be comfortable doing that it's like still writing but working out the concepts as it's leading up to the show like showing up and going okay what's tonight like what do i feel like talking about is there a crowd is there not a crowd what's it going to be like what's working what's not and kind of adjust accordingly so that's good yeah like i said you're you're well beyond your years of doing this i remember when i first started i wrote everything out like every word down to i i i laugh at this all the time i i used to write like on my notepad, I'd write, hi, guys. <laughs> or if I wrote a joke, <laughs> if I wrote a joke that I thought was offensive, I'd put in the margins like, oh, come on now. Don't quit on me and all that shit. <laughs> as, as a matter of fact, you, you, there are a bunch of old notebooks around you. If you found one, you'd, you would certainly laugh at the person I was four years ago. It was all full of these little asides and all that. So nice. yeah, you're, you're off to a good start. Do you 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 don't rehearse or record yourself or anything like that i should and i think i've gotten that advice i think that do you do you i i think it's i haven't yet well it's good to it's good to record your sets as you do them Uh uh to listen back to them and kind of make notes on what to change and all that i need to be better at that as well just because i can't stand to listen to myself you know after the fact it's hard to drag myself to do it because i cringe but if you don't have to, I, when I started, I used to rehearse like before the night. Mm-hmm. You don't seem to have to do that. And that's good because you can be more in the moment, which is what I had said to you is it seemed like you had some kind of a, like a performing background of either acting or live plays or something like that. Oh, I rehearse. You do rehearse. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If you, if you could be a fly on the wall, me, a tr- it's a lot of, it's a lot of walking around my, I mean, I right now work alone. I work from my house. I, I'm alone all the time. Yeah, no, it's just a constant barrage of Do you do you do you vomiting. Do, do you do it with a fake microphone in your hand ever? <laughs> <laughs> you do you I tell do. the people. Yeah. That's yeah. good. It's good. Do you do it into the mirror or not in the, or sometimes or not? Uh if I happen to be but I don't like specifically sit down in front of the mirror. Yeah. But even now, uh for me when I'm doing a big show or I'm doing material I haven't done for a while, I'll 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 spit it out ahead of time to make sure it all comes out of my mouth right and make sure I'm not forgetting anything, especially like in the, and you may, you ran into this too, is 
we talked, uh, I, I asked you if you were coming to Mike the next day or something mm. like that. And you said, I would, but I don't have any new material. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I explained that that's totally okay. Like it, it, you, you can do the same material and you know, it's all part of the game is working on it. But there is that pressure that you've picked up on that in a small town scene, we all see each other three times a week. So the group is always kind of looking for newer stuff out of people, uh, especially us old heads. So at this point, if I do one of my bits that someone knows I'm going to do at a show, Mm -hmm. the guys at the open mic will roll their eyes like, heard it. Um, So I have to do a a lot more new shit. And because of that, sometimes it'll it'll be weeks between when I do the bits that I do more frequently. So I have to rehearse them as well. That never goes away. I don't do the fake microphone anymore. (laughs) That goes away? I stopped that last week. Okay. (laughs) Last week I gave that up. That's very good, though. Do you record it on the phone and listen back or no? No, no. That's why I haven't recorded my sets either, because honestly, listening to myself, that is like, it's like walking on broken glass. It's death, right? Yeah. I don't know what it is. I feel so uncomfortable. I have to edit this uh, just to make sure that like my mic doesn't pick up your mic yeah. uh, or that all the shit we were talking about, the rest of you comics is out of there before <laughs> the episode starts. Um and just to listen back to an hour and 40 minutes of of myself doing this is just cringeworthy, let alone having to listen to the sets when they're not worked out all the time. At least this is just flippant talking. That, yeah. you know, when you put time in, I, I agree with you. It's tough. So you were in your car for your first, uh, you'd walked out of the room, mm-hmm. first stand-up night. You're in your car panicking. Then what happens? Uh, then I walked in and sat down and panicked uh-huh. for... Uh, I think what I don't know what number I was that night maybe like seventh or something like that which is a good spot yeah it's enough to watch a few people go by and and see what the lay of the land is but it's not so far down the list that the crowd's dead or that you can talk yourself out of it (laughs) yeah and then panicked all the way up onto the stage and then blacked out did you really the first like three times uh yeah i blacked out i can i'm looking around and i'm trying real hard to look like i can see faces i couldn't see anything <laughs> like i like just literally my vision was gone i was done i'm just the only reason i can remember things is because i have rehearsed them okay. and then yeah so i blacked out did what i had what i had planned in my head and then walked off and then just sat there recovering and trying to enjoy the rest of this show when was it (laughs) when was it until you kind of came to and were like watching the show again as opposed to being in the blackout um the first few times it took a couple times of like uh maybe a few comics coming up like uh so maybe like 15 minutes or so before i my i settled down enough to be relaxed yeah yeah was anyone there that you knew at the first couple or did you come by yourself oh no i came I didn't tell anybody that See? I was doing it until like maybe the third or fourth time. Yeah. And then uh, I didn't have anybody that I know show up until this last uh, couple. So maybe like the fifth or sixth time. That's just how I was too. I was, I tried to avoid anyone that I knew coming out to see me. There's kind of two camps for that. Uh, you'll notice that there's people like us who don't want anybody to see this until uh, ideally ever. Oh yeah, for sure. But if you have to come see this, Come see it when I know that I have something that'll be good. But then there's other camps of people, and God bless them when you're trying to get a crowd for a show or an open mic, but there's other people that come out and they they bring their whole life 
they're usually the ones that wash Good out. Good for them. Yeah, but they like they're usually the ones that don't last because they and I have a theory of why. So they'll come out and they'll bring like thirty people, and it's mm-hmm. by the way, it's a disaster of a night, <laughs> especially if it's an open mic because. 25 people show up to see one person oh yeah and no one else but that person Mm -hmm. so this person goes up like 14th on the list and their whole family just sits there miserable at an open mic while people work out comedy in front of them and creep (laughs) out the whole rest of the room (laughs) then their person gets up and is basically dave Chappelle for the next five minutes because they you know they're seeing their nephew or cousin talk and so they're just dazzled by oh you're so funny you were funnier than the other everyone else on stage and they've been doing it a while uh and so usually those people they get up and they go well i checked that off the bucket list and don't come back or when the family stops coming out they take their first ass whooping and they're like (laughs) i don't like the feeling of that at all i ain't coming out yeah so in my theory uh i i think our way of doing it is preferable because there's no there's no disaster for people that you see every day which is nice and there's no there's no being pretend pumped up by people who won't be there in a month. Yeah, that was what I I don't know. That's what I didn't want was the false. I want I wanted to do it to do it. I didn't want you know false bravado or to have the pressure of trying to um, look good in front of someone. I wanted to do it in front of people that I didn't give a crap about and that didn't give a crap about me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. So you you have aspirations to want to do this to to make a thing out of this. It, oh, I don't kn- no. I oh, don't, you don't. I don't care. I just want to do just it want it. for as long as I'm around. I want to oh, keep yeah. doing it. That's as, perfect. As long as you'll let me, we will get up on the stage. <laughs> I will be there. You are always well. Yeah, <laughs> I've got no place else to go. You're so good for this group because we're all in that. Like, hey. I, there's there's been days I say to other people in the group I wish I could just not jump up on stage tonight but if there's a stage that allows me I'm jumping up and talking about you know something ridiculous on right there. so yeah it is a good feeling do you, do a lot of people in your life know that you're doing this um just my close girlfriends and my my parents um Ooh, are the Suggses yeah. or, or if if it's not are the are the parents going to come out to see you at some point um i hope i mean i i hope not um well this is parents you got an invite from me come out anytime sit right in the front i'm just kidding by the way uh they're very religious and very um yeah uh conservative and so i the first time i told my mom she's like we're gonna come i was like no don't you don't don't come i was like you one it's not gonna it's not going to be PG. Not at all. <laughs> you're not going to like any of this. I know you're here for me, but you're not going to like any of it. She's like, well, just, we'll just come for you and leave. I was like, I, mm, uh, you're gonna that's see a, a toss up. <laughs> you're going to see a person you didn't know you raised if you come out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you can, I'll just tell you about it. How about that? Mm-hmm. I've done that before where I've spoken to family members and I, like they taught like, how's comedy going? And, and I'll be in the middle of saying, oh, I just got this new bit. And then I realize they're in it and there's no way they're, <laughs> there's no, there's no way they're going to like it. Like, I think like my mom or my dad at, at points have spoken to me and they've been like, oh you were talking about that bit tell me about how that's gone and i've been like oh yeah i forget how it went because you're not gonna like how this thing ends <laughs> so you'll run into that yeah you'll run into that a lot um so if, yeah uh, i'll i'll back off of the parents to be sure there's actually a a show that if they wanted to come out would be a good one that mm. i've been telling the more conservative people about 
uh, Dan Betts, who uh, runs the Rocket Shop open mm-hmm. mic and showcases out of there. He started he a couple months ago. He did the first. They did a clean comedy night that was mm-hmm. like for family friendly. Yeah. Where all the comics who wanted to it was basically an open mic, but we all worked clean, so nothing graphic, yeah. no curses, and it was actually a lot of fun. Oh, that's good. It was actually a They'd lot of fun. They probably enjoy that. Yeah, they love like dry bar comedy and yeah. that stuff. So I expected it. Like initially, it's I don't like. I just like being me. I don't want to mm-hmm. do clean comedy specifically. I don't want to do dirty comedy specifically. But what I will say is, being that it was clean, everybody on the list had to write and work on their act. Yeah. Which you'd be surprised how oftentimes they don't. (laughs) (laughs) And also, the crowd that showed up knew they weren't getting any cheap jokes and any like heavy curses, filthy material. Yeah. So the people who showed up actually showed up to listen to the craft. So they were a great audience. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it would actually been a good time to get some footage so next time dan does one of those maybe we bring maybe we bring the folks out to that one if they wanted to see it and then they can go oh that Alyssa, she's so sweet i knew <laughs> i knew she wasn't as bad as she said she was yeah they'll, they'll be supportive that's good yeah okay so do you have the, the your girlfriends do they have they been pushing you to let them come out to see you more now oh yeah, I'm real lucky. They're like my own little cheerleaders at this point. I kind of am, uh, you know, wish I hadn't told them because I, yeah. I mean, you saw them that first night. My friend, I told her um, that I got put on the list. And I was like, oh, maybe you want to come out. And she's like, okay. And then she brought like 10 people with her. Oh, this was your first night? No, no, no. That was the night um, that like that the whole table oh, was whole filled. Table. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> And now, and now you got and your... now and now they're like we're gonna come every week and we're i was like i don't, I don't know if i signed up for that that's how you know you're doing well though is when the friends come out to see you and they want to come back and bring more people okay because if you were a train wreck on stage i'll exactly i'll tell you exactly what happened because i've been it yeah when people have come out to see me and they just go like yeah it's good it's good <laughs> let me know in the next like they, they're not saying when's the next we're coming out they yeah. go like yeah let me know what the next one is <laughs> we'll, we'll check it out it was good I don't know though. I think they're just good girlfriends. They would, they would support me if I. That's and maybe that's the problem. You think they'd do it anyway? Oh yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I, <laughs> I was lucky not to have those friends, I guess, and I didn't have to have to chase them away too badly. I have to take what they say with a grain of salt because I'm like you. You just. You think they're fluffing you too much? Oh well, they would regardless. Yeah, they're, they're just okay. they're gro- they're girlfriends. They're supportive. Yeah. Okay. How have how have the how's the group? been uh have you have you gotten to know everybody in the group pretty well pretty quickly um, usually we're good at that i don't know pretty well but everybody's introduced themselves good. uh at least you know so far and been super welcoming and super nice uh was not prepared for that and that is that has been a wonderful experience there's a good yeah there's a good angle what what did you think what kind of atmosphere did you think that you would be walking into did you have any preconceptions uh yeah probably a little bit um from what i understood just from you know listening to comedy growing up and just kind of you know watching it from afar was that it's a it's kind of a lone dog sport it's kind of a one-man game that's what i was expecting that i was going to walk in it was going to just be me doing my thing maybe you know meet other people that were doing the same thing and uh that i was just that was just gonna be me and then i walked in and you guys were just like hey 
<laughs> yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty bubbly, and yeah, we're we're pretty soft in that regard. We we try to design it that way so that people do feel comfortable. Did you think it would be kind of like a competitive, like the other comics would be looking at you like, "What do you see this?" Or? A little bit. I've been immersed in like creative, you know, stuff my whole life. My I went to art school. I have a I have a creatives degree, and so I I went to school around that. And you either get and you you either get real far one direction or the other. Has been my experience. You either get people who are cutthroat, who um, real competitive. They they don't necessarily want you to like die, but they don't want to see you succeed because they want to succeed. Um, or you get people that are just super hands on, super supportive, um, want to help you help you grow and so i was i was more prepared for the other one okay yeah. you, were, you were ready for the cutthroat yeah gotcha so <laughs> it was like that in art school what did you what did you study in art school um i have my degree in graphic design oh, okay yeah very nice you can boy you're being you're being heavy demand with the group here between don't, don't, don't. Uh, yeah i yeah i'll, I'll cut that out <laughs> i don't want to make flyers or websites reason, for you idiots there's a reason i'm not doing it. oh really you didn't enjoy it oh no i loved it um but I got my degree in three years working two jobs, and by the time I was done uh, sitting in front of a computer for more than a couple hours at a time, I wanted to blow my brains out. I was okay. like, I can't, I can't do this. Um, so that's why I started my baking business. Okay, yeah, yeah. and and that that took off, and and now you're at a, a transition point with with that too. Do you know Do you know what you want to go on to and do next? Oh, I have no idea. Um, but I have, I'm right now working retail again and then i have i'm getting my insurance license oh very nice So that's exciting very, yeah very nice i like those avenues where you can uh you can kind of work for yourself should you like you can go hang a shingle and and do insurance if you want to which is which is cool you can make your own route like you did the bakery you can make your own route mm -hmm. you did graphic design you can make your own route which is good if you ever wanted to like if you had aspirations or like the chance to do the comedy thing full time, mm -hmm. you're setting yourself in order to where you can flex your life around that, which is good. And it took me a long time to try to start to set those things in motion. I don't know if you've thought about it that way, but it, you oh, could. Oh, no. I've just gone through life collecting, like collecting badges and degrees and, me too. and skills. And then... <laughs> I get bored and I move on. More tools in the tool belt. I know. I've done I organized my whole like everything around a life that I would rather not live, basically. <laughs> like I did I did undergrad, I took I went business management. Mm -hmm. Um not knowing what that was. Like I of thought course. Yeah. I thought that they were I thought I was gonna be a titan of industry. Like I thought that I would be all right, I have a business management degree. Obviously, Wall Street needs a CEO or CFO that I could just slide right into that. Obviously, uh, and I going through school worked retail as well, uh, and then I I just realized it was still going to be I was it was just going to be just that I was going to be still there uh, where I've been for the past six or seven years. It's just now I have more keys. Yeah, and in my job, they trust me with more keys than they did before. That's basically <laughs> it. And I decided, well, I don't think I want to. I don't think I want to do this. I, I did enough Black Fridays. I, I, you know, I hadn't seen a Saturday or Sunday in a couple of years. I was like, yeah. Eh. And at that point, I thought, you know what, I kind of would want to do is just have like a regular daytime job where I get weekends off, and that'll. Yep. And then I decided to, you know, I, I wanted to go into the law. I'll go into the law. So I went to law school, and did that. And then I clerked at a few places, like at, at a law firm. And I was writing memos and falling asleep at the computer and being like, oh, I don't want to do that either. 
So then I decided I wanted to do this other thing, which is what my day job is now. Yeah. Uh, and like that works out nice. You don't have, I don't have to be in the courtroom. I don't have to, you know, do all this. I don't have to wear a suit every day. I can dress kind of a, a little bit more of it. That'll be good. Um, and then halfway through, like as I locked up that job, the final year of my schooling, I found stand up. And I was like, oh, Christ. <laughs> That's what I'd like to do. But I just spent. Dang it. 13 years, yeah, doing the exact opposite of that. So now it's one of those trying to put myself in the position to where if I could ever really make a serious run at making this a living, mm-hmm. I have enough support around it to do so. So I'm trying to do those those tools in the tool belt as there well. There you go. Because you're just doing it by nature, by being just naturally you know, curious and doing more things person, which is good. Do you know anybody who does the insurance uh, right now? Yeah, that's who, well, I got, I got offered a job by a, um, like a mentor of mine. She's, she knew what I was going through and she was like, you should just get your insurance license and come sell insurance with us. And I was like, that sounds, sure, let's do that. Yeah. Is it the lady that dances on TV for the commercials in Bakersfield? I think it's, I think it's Geico. No. Have you seen those? (laughs) Yeah. Um, my ex's ex is best friends with her son. Wow, that yeah. is a that is a six degree yeah. separation right there. That is that's a, that's a Bakersfield small small yeah, town right? small world right there. I see those commercials and I hate them, but I like them. I like them and hate them at the same time. I think that's the point. Like the more commercials, yeah, yeah, you remember them, mm-hmm. and that that is kind of the point. I remember I, uh, in a marketing class, they, do you remember those head on commercials? Head on, apply directly to the forehead. No, head on. It, it was maybe in 2007 or 8, they had these commercials where it was just for headache relief. It was mm-hmm. like this deodorant stick, I think it was, that you like rubbed on your head. I don't okay. know if it worked or not. And it would just be a commercial that for 30 seconds to a minute would just be a voice that said, head on, apply directly to the forehead. Head on, apply directly to the forehead. And it would just keep saying it. And it was the big thing on like late night TV is, can you, you, know, can you believe this? Head on, nonsense. But it worked. They, like yeah. it was like a like a fifty percent increase in sales. And gets then the job done. It gets the job done. Yeah. Puts it, so that's what those Geico commercials did, <laughs> and that's what I hopefully we're doing here. We annoy <laughs> enough people in this town <laughs> until they allow us to do this full time. Do you have you had uh, a show so far that you thought went either very good or very bad? Um, you know what. I, I don't know because I think it comes into it's a weird intersection of that delusion and uh, my own uh, like pe- pessimistic nature of of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so consistently at the same time, I'm thinking this is not working. <laughs> I am not funny, <laughs> but also this is great this is amazing. I'm going to do this again. So I think there's, there's not a real, there's not reality based in (laughs) in what is happening. So I don't know. I mean, the show, uh, this week at Jerry's was the first time that I never got like a reaction. That was my first time dealing with an audience that wasn't reacting. Okay. Uh, let's talk about that. that. Yeah, Yeah. Because it was a unique, unique spot. It was the inaugural open mic at Jerry's pizza. Mm hmm. Uh, downtown, mm-hmm. which uh, I will tell you is a weird spot for comedy historically. Okay. Uh, every open mic we've had so far downtown has lasted about three months. It's just a strange... Are, are you pretty familiar with the downtown atmosphere? 
Oh yeah. Okay. Well, it's a scene kid back in the can day. Can you can educate you? me on what the hell's going on down there? <laughs> because I don't get it it's at a, all. It's a weird Bakersfield downtown is a weird it is a weird place yeah. because it's trying to be like trendy and artsy, but at the same time it is anything but and yeah. it is it's definitely a weird mix. Yeah, it's like a, there's you're right. There's people like on the trend, like ahead of whatever the curve is. But then there's just straight up freaks down there, too. Oh, yeah. And there's a weird like I get like a weird skeevy vibe down there. But it's also where families all go to hang out, too. It's yeah. like there's a changing at like a Walking Dead ish changing of the guard that happens at like eight or nine o'clock at night where like alligator shirts. You're done now. I'm going to look at a tight eyed zombie walk in the same spot oh it, for sure it, at least it's what i've yeah that's seen. insanely accurate yeah and i don't know how to negotiate it because i've only been down there a few times and I, I i just don't get what's just, going on it's so many different things just pretend it's not happening i don't yeah. i don't uh, yeah i, I, I don't, haven't figured it out either so i i used to do first fridays all the time mm -hmm. and then i showed up the first friday at one point and it was it looked like the carnival and joe dirt like it was just different <laughs> yeah at one point you yeah. just don't know what you're gonna get there either sometimes That's about it. sometimes there's a four-year-old 14-year-old pop singer who's in the middle of the intersection and sometimes i feel like i'm gonna be stabbed in the middle of the thing you just never know what it you're gonna get both could happen at any time have yeah. you have you had some wild experiences in the downtown section? No, not in downtown. Okay. That, those weren't my, you know, stomping grounds. I mean, I went downtown, but not back in the day. No. Okay, good. No, yeah. no riots, no craziness. Not, not in downtown. Yeah. Okay. Where, where did they happen? Where is the crazy spot? <laughs> oh, back in the day, my spot was Pin Oak Park. Okay. You I've never heard of it. Never, yeah. Is it still a thing? I have no. It's been what. Almost ten years since I've been in high school. I don't know. Oh, so it's a high school. It's a high oh, school. Oh yeah, spot. back in yeah, like high school when I was a good old degenerate. <laughs> so that's where like this is the spot where the high schoolers hang out is Pinot oh, yeah. Park. Okay. You, yeah. And that's the, where like the fights happen and everybody drinks and the cops chase them and stuff like that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, making chlorine bombs in the bathrooms Whoa. and drinking and you know. <laughs> Public sex. Yeah, all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I've never heard of a chlorine bomb before. Uh, have you ever... Be honest. I was not the one who made it, but have I you, knew the people that did. Have you ever made, thrown, lit, or whatever, a chlorine bomb? No. Okay. Not me. Okay. No. All right. We'll investigate later. So, I just hung around the people that did. So, sorry. I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to take us too far off track, but downtown is a weird spot. Yeah. I, if I had to bet on where adults would make chlorine bombs... Probably in a bathroom. Downtown, probably, yeah. probably downtown. Probably back in in one of the alleyways downtown. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's been a weird spot for comedy because I, like sometimes it fits, sometimes it doesn't, and uh, oftentimes you get a want it. You get a wandering audience, mm -hmm. so you get some people that come out for the show, and some people who are just wandering the streets of downtown, and they just come in, and w so it's it can be a bit ruckus, um, which is it, it's typically a downtown show or open mic type thing, and that's kind of how I felt the crowd was that night did did you feel that as well yeah like i wasn't sure why they were there the, they weren't there for comedy yeah a, a lot of them they were just they were just kind of there or at least the more vocal ones were when you showed up did you get a did you 
feel the vibe of that or was it not until you'd gone on stage? I think because I went on third. Um, yeah, that seemed pretty obvious real quick that they were, you know, not uptight, but they were not sure what to, well, do, what to do. And then, but at that point I had, that was one of the nights where I had planned what I was going to say and nothing was coming <laughs> to me. And I was like, this, this is what I'm going to do. So I went up and did it and yeah, none of it hit, none <laughs> of it landed. And I was like, and then halfway through, I'm realizing this is happening. But again, I had no backup. I was like, we're just, this is, I'm just going to go, we're going to finish. Call the play, yeah. run the play. <laughs> That's exactly, that is such a, that was such my feeling going through the beginning of, I've told some of the newer folks a story about one time I did a show in Pismo Beach um, and and they booked me for a 10 minute spot. Mm -hmm. I didn't have 10 minutes. I I stretched, (laughs) stretched for 10 minutes. I had two bits. One was five minutes. The other was about four minutes that I could stretch to five minutes. Mm -hmm. So it was just enough. But like you said, if that didn't work, what else? It's going to be a bad night. Yeah, it's, it's just it. And if I got there and the host said, hey, we had someone drop out. Can you do 15? I would have had to start the first joke again. Like, I don't know if you want <laughs> Just circle back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you want to hear this again, but uh, I don't know. What do you do for a living, huh? That reminds me, start first joke again. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's such a, like, if it's going well, it's great. But if it's not going well, it's such like a, like a, Part helpless feeling, but part like, well, this is what we're doing, so we're going to plow through it. Trains head in this direction. Trains, yeah. yeah. Train rolls on. <laughs> How did you feel while you were up there? This is the first time you haven't gotten a response. Yeah. Okay, because you've gotten like big responses in tough rooms. Really? I don't. Yes. Okay. You've gotten. They big, don't feel big. You've gotten. I mean, that sounds. <laughs> I can't tell you how right? many comments I, in our group have heard that in their life. I roll. I, but <laughs> but that's that's what cho- that's what drove most of us to comedy. It didn't feel that big. All right, I'll write some jokes. Right. Um. So, yeah, you've gotten good responses in tough rooms. Tembler okay. is a tough room. We're a good group to start with, mm-hmm. and Tembler is a good room. To, I tell people Tembler is a good room to start at, but only because when you feel comfortable there, you're going to feel comfortable everywhere because it's a tough room. The lights are all up. Uh, whether you can see the people or not. Even yeah. even when you're in a blackout, everyone can see you very well. Yeah. The stage is pretty high. Sits a couple feet high, higher than most other stages. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way the room is set up in the side room uh, for open mic night, the tables are a good bit away from uh, the stage sometimes. Uh, you're, you're going pretty far down at them. Uh, so for the first couple acts of the night, they're usually a tight crowd just because it's more just kind of the businessy clientele that comes out to those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of people there. Sometimes there's, well, sometimes there's 80, 90 people in the room, which is, can be unnerving depending on what your preference is. And sometimes there's 20 to 30 people there. And if there's 20 to 30 people there, the way that room is constructed, it just feels like an empty cave Oh yeah. While you're in it. So it's it's a tough room and you've done well there. Uh, and you don't know that's a tough room. No. Because it's 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 that and the other one were all that you had done. Yeah. So Jerry's uh this week was the first time you hadn't gotten a response, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't know like I've been making this work in a rough room. You're just like, "Well, this is one out of five. <laughs> right. Yeah. Was right. a tough one. So what did when when you felt a lesser response, what did how like what was going through your mind? what like response what did you feel like while you were up there 
do you remember or are you um, still in that in the spot of like it's just kind of a whirlwind it's not a whirlwind i think you know the first after the first minute or so when i started to realize this is none of this is gonna land but i don't have anything else to work with um my first thought was like was checking back do i have something else to work with because obviously this and i was like nope i don't um so at that point it was just resigning myself to i need to work on the material anyway this is just this is just gonna be about me for the next four minutes and it's gonna be me uh running through this this joke again to see if i can get anything out of it that's good that's yeah. a yeah, that's a good approach to take and i've noticed that when i show up to the open mics and shows that you're there in a corner somewhere writing working on your stuff and again that's going to serve you so well like you, your learning curve is going to go so much more quickly than a lot of other people because it's those things that if you're like if you're a switched on person mm-hmm. you probably think in your mind like yeah why of course why wouldn't i do that everyone's doing that i'm sure but the truth is that everyone's not doing that. Oh. And you'll know. Yeah. So <laughs> you'll notice in six months of like, yeah, you'll notice. And if no, you've started, uh, you started kind of on your own. But oftentimes we have a group of people who like three or four or five people start in the same week or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'll see this jump that one of them makes after six months where the rest of them, they kind of leapfrog the other ones. And that that group of four or five people oftentimes has no idea why that happened. But the rest of us on the sidelines, we I can see right away how it happened because I show up and again, you're working on your notes. Uh, even during a bad set, you're already like constructively trying to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you like the craft of it. It's actually very rare for a new person. Uh, to go, And I don't know if you know that. So uh, I, OK, I, I, to me, it, to me, it just makes sense because the whole reason I got into baking um, was I don't necessarily like, you know, baking like baking i like that it has a formula okay and you either get it right or you get it wrong mm-hmm. um but i'll be i'll be honest i've gotten kind of gotten bored of it because i feel like you can only take that i mean you can take it farther but for me it, it lost its its appeal and then comedy kind of slipped in there right at the right moment because i feel like comedy has a formula too mm-hmm. uh you either get it real right or real wrong but what's kind of cool about comedy is uh that formula can change from mm-hmm. audience to audience from night to night there's no there's like, no mastery no and that's that's the part of any skill that i enjoy is yeah. the the figuring out of like the the puzzle of it uh it's no fun once you've <laughs> once you've Figured got it, it down yeah. so uh that that's i think that's the best part and the formula is so different for everybody too. So like you said, there's a formula to get it right and a formula to get it wrong, but your formula is going to be so much different than my formula. Oh yeah. And that's what, for one, there's no mastery of it. And two, if we're both doing it well, we're both doing it from such different angles, but you can watch that still work. Oh and yeah. There's always some mystique to that, which is cool. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's a very neat, you know, art and craft in, in that regard. And I can see if you're a, you're a formula related person almost like an engineering mindset like you find the paradigm you master the paradigm but if it's something that is only that like the in the baking aspect mm-hmm. you get bored of the paradigm yeah uh what was it like in graphic design for you is it that same mindset or was it just a matter of i don't want to be locked up it is is purely being the locked up um there because there is it's another creative field there's no um, real right or wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do enjoy doing it, but 
for graphic design, web design, that kind of stuff. Uh, on some level, there is you always are gonna gonna be in front of a computer. Yeah. Um, and the part of graphic design that I enjoyed the most is marketing and branding. Oh, okay. Um, but that's you're gonna be in front of a computer for right. ten hours a day. <laughs> right. And I I am not the kind of person that can do that consistently. Yeah. Well, I'm sure. And it, but those are skills that'll serve you well as you do comedy more. Like I said, if you you know design your own website, mm. uh, promoting. If you ever start running a show or when you get booked on shows and things like that, I know there's a couple of us that I'd love to just run things by and pick your brain from a graphic design marketing standpoint just to get another perspective of your thoughts on how to advertise these damn things because i don't know if you've noticed it but it is a it is a pride swallowing siege trying to get people out to these shows sometimes like it took it took a couple of years to build an audience base at these venues like mm -hmm. a, a, for timbler for me i've been there almost three years now and i'll bet you the first year to year and a half we were slugging through just i didn't know what we were going to have i don't know if we'd have 50 people or eight people uh and there was one time where i would i spoke to the staff and had to like like draw a line in the sand because the staff was like hey i noticed some weeks are bad and some weeks are good what if we go to just like one a month or once every two weeks oh. and i had to i had to go just just i we can't do that yeah i, I gotta push the chips in and if you're gonna have us here we gotta do every week uh, but I didn't know, and it just so happened that it worked out, and now people come every week. But there's no, I can't find the formula of what venue makes the the a certain crowd come out and a certain crowd not come out. So any fresh perspective on it would be good to hear. Anything you can do to help us bake that bread, we'd be very happy about it. <laughs> well, I'd be happy to help. You guys are doing a great job. Oh, you're too kind. Um, when you when you were at Jerry's in the first or second joke. Yeah. Didn't go over. Did you feel this? Did you feel the sweat creep in the the what what comics lovingly refer to as flop sweat? I'm still in that state. I'm finally getting to the stage where I'm not blacking out. Um. So there's there's sweat regardless. <laughs> I just don't know when it happened. Yeah. I just <laughs> you just wake up like a werewolf. Like what happened? Why am I covered in sweat? Whose blood is this? Pretty much. You get back down and you're like, oh crap yeah i hope it went well because i wasn't there for it what a blissful period though <laughs> I, I i bet you wish now that you're coming out of that that you could just stay in there y there's good and bad yeah yeah there's been times like there's there are times when i tell jokes and they don't go over especially on a night where i feel like it's gonna go well yeah oh that's i feel like that would be way worse oh it's a disaster <laughs> and you feel that sweat creep down the middle of your back and it starts to hit your shoulder blades and you're like i'm I'm dying <laughs> and I, and they all know it. And, and, but we still have anywhere from four to 59 more minutes to go. Yep. Uh, uh, and it, it is, uh, it is tough sledding to get through that. So it, it's good when they happen early on. So that, that way, you know, like I was talking to a guy who you haven't met yet, but he had his first bomb six months into comedy. Oh, wow. Which is that that's made it a while he made it a while which you would think would be like oh that's nice however it set up a high bar for him to come crashing down from because yeah. for six months he d well in his as a new comic just felt like he was crushing it and then six months in with his first bomb and it just dropped the floor out from underneath of him of like what is this whole thing now whereas if you had a tough one uh in one of your first couple times you're like well that's just part of the game and then you it's kind of easier to accept Oh, yeah. 
um, I, I was actually very grateful for Tuesday night because I felt I felt like I needed it to happen because um, I, I can admit that like it went OK. Um, I didn't bomb the first few times and I was fully anticipating to bomb. And so like that not happening was building up this like waiting for it to happen was building up a lot of tension. And then for it to happen, I was like, OK. It happened. It's like if we you, can move on. Yeah, if you've ever been in a fight, it's like the first time you've been in a fight. It's like, yeah, I got punched, but you know, it hurts. But yeah. then it's, it's just what is that's just life. Yeah, so, yeah, same thing. It, it's good, and now all like it's endearing to the room too, because it's like, all right, she's one of us now. You know, <laughs> now you've <laughs> now you've experienced death firsthand. Get in here, you. Yeah. Uh, so it it's good to go through that early, and I was glad to be there <laughs> i was i was glad to watch your purse while you did it oh well thank you it was it was nice to sit there and did the guy that was heckling uh heckle you while you were up there no okay he left you i have alone. yet to get someone to really heckle and i that's another thing i need to happen you want it yeah because it's are you ready not to gonna go, go it, no it's not gonna go good the first time it's i'm already prepared for that but i need it to, like just like the bombing i need it to happen you, because it needs it it's oh, just it'll like come. the next. It always yeah, it, it never takes long. It never takes long. As a matter of fact, if you had started just a little bit before you did, uh-huh. uh the place where we're at now is Jerry's Pizza. The Tuesday spot that we had before that, it was a virtual certainty that you were going to be heckled while uh you were on stage. I so that's out. and that's coming. Uh okay. it's it's pretty rare uh, in a scene like this that most of the shows aren't filled with heckling and just a tough audience and stuff like. So as soon as you go out of town, you run into that right away, uh, but and okay. Jerry's downtown people they'll they'll oblige, and uh, and we'll try to we'll try our best to just let it happen and not oh yes not, please yeah not yeah. To, but my just saying, my instinct is going to be to devour the person who heckles. I don't know if you saw the the thing that we've started doing. I've explained on the podcast before where we offer the heckler to get on stage. I love that. It's great, right? Yeah. It, it they and they don't want to. They want to do it but they don't want to do it. Like the guy, we just did it again uh, this Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you there for that? I was there on Wednesday, last, yeah, it's two a, days ago. It was at the end of the night. Uh, Mike Scott was on stage, um, black comic, mm-hmm. and he had told a joke and a guy in the audience um, yeah. Yeah, made yeah. a, made a, like a, like a racist aside. Yeah. Like he heckled but and, and said something racist about Mike being a black man. Like yep. is, is, out of bounds and it it was toward the end of the night so if he just heckled it's just kind of part of that night but he heckled and was over the line and i i whispered to a couple people we're gonna get on stage this motherfucker so get ready to bang on the table and he he panicked as you do Mm -hmm. and he was there with a date and he was embarrassed in front of her as you are Mm -hmm. uh and we fed into that even more so because she was there but then after the show he came up to me and he said, "Hey, man, I'm, I'm thinking about doing it. I don't know when it's going to be, but maybe in a couple of weeks." So he, <laughs> it, it, that's usually the place that it comes from. Is you know they just want to be the funny person too. Yeah. But they're they're hoping that they'll yell from the stage and, and like someone will go like, "You're funny. You should do this." They just don't know it's going to be immediate that we call them <laughs> on stage. That's the street justice way to do it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, we will try to not do that. If you'd like your first heckler to be un, un, uh, uh we will try to let the heckler 
just interact with you without forcing them on stage. I mean, yeah, yeah. let me die on that sword. Or, I, yeah. Or you could get on stage the person and that would be There you go. That yeah. would be amazing if your eighth time on stage was to call a heckler on stage and they have no idea how new you are. Yeah. And they just panic in front of you and you get to go, yeah, that's right, motherfucker. <laughs> Not so easy, is it? <laughs> That that actually brings me to another thing that uh, I did a few times when I introduced you and mm-hmm. I, I stopped doing it is uh, one of the things that I'll do to get a crowd to to warm up to a brand new comic is I'll say like we got a treat coming. From, you know, you know, you guys know we like when someone does their first time here and because everyone knows how hard it is and mm-hmm. you want to be a friendly crowd for someone's first time. So I do that with new people. And then you came back the next week and I said, this person did their first time here. They did their second time. They're doing their second time right now. Give it up for Alyssa Suggs. And you came up and everybody cheered. Do you remember? It was very funny. Do you remember what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you please offer it to the Um, people? Because I'll (laughs) screw it up paraphrasing. And it was very funny. Something along the lines of uh, that I didn't know that I appreciated that, that uh, does anyone follow you around talking about every time you have sex this is your 37th time (laughs) (laughs) i didn't didn't do that justice but yeah no that's that is what you said and you did it was very funny thing to say to someone follow you around and go all right this is his 37th time having sex counting the number of times you've done something yeah and it was it was very funny but it, it made me also go like yeah maybe she wouldn't want the people to know now how many times she's done it uh, oh yeah, I hated it. You didn't even yeah. the first time. Oh yeah, I didn't want you to say that it was my first time. Okay. I didn't want any. I didn't want any, like no f- no easy baskets. No false yeah false bravado or easy. I just wanted to get up there and do it and just okay. have it be done. So yeah, after the first time you did that, I was like, man, I don't like to do <laughs> yeah. that. I was like if he does it again. I'm going to, I'm going to say gonna, this. I'm going to say and something. And then you did it. And I was like, I <laughs> getting his ass now. And everyone loves, because like I'm talking between acts and Dan does the same thing. So we like, we poke fun. So everyone, everyone likes to see the host get smacked around a little bit. So anytime, <laughs> anytime you have, it's like a dunk tank. Yeah. I'm up there dicking around, teasing people in the dub ta- dunk tank. So anytime you can hit the button and knock me in the water, the crowd loves that. Uh, so any any chance you have to take a little pot shot my way, I I will gla- I welcome uh, just like you want the heckler. I want you to throw those little jabs in anytime okay. anytime you get a chance. The guys sure as hell do uh, all the time. So yeah, everyone Noted. likes seeing that go to the host. Uh, it, it's funny you like you'd rather the opposite. Me just take the room way down before you because I've joking with my friends. I've done that before. Like if they've, if we've been play fighting all day or they've mm-hmm. annoyed me like this, I used to host a uh, rocket shop every now and then. Uh, and I had some good old buddies and every now and then if I, I would do the opposite of building the crowd up, I'd get on stage and go, you know, there's a lot of, uh, take a break and just reflect on there being a lot of death and disease in this world. Come in on stage, give it up for Bruce Gray. And nice. like, he'd have to come up and, and just, now the crowd's just dead and we'd laugh about it, but the crowd would be kind of uncomfortable. So uh, it sounds like you'd rather have that than to have the crowd all pumped up for you. Probably. Yeah. And yeah. And that's, yeah, it could certainly be how you, you get your uh, first dead room to come back from <laughs> or a heckler like you're disgust. Oh, uh, Richard does something like that where I've seen him make a room really laugh or flip a room completely. Uh, he'll get up and, 
and go. <laughs> he'll get up and tell the room that he's cancer free. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then everyone claps for him. Oh, I've, yeah, I've seen that bit. Yeah. And then he tells everyone he never had cancer. Yeah. Uh, well, he did that in the in the room before we moved to Jerry's, the Tuesday night room with all the hecklers. Mm-hmm. So they were heckling all night, being assholes. And then Richard gets up and goes, I'm cancer free. And they had their one genuine, sincere moment where they're like, OK, good. <laughs> <laughs> and then he admitted just... that he never had it. And it just turned the whole place off and upside down. People didn't want to live. They left. Uh, it was so funny to see. Nice. Yeah. Um, have you... Have you gotten to know, like, have you made a kind of a cluster of buddies in the group since you started? Anybody kind of reach out to you uh, specifically and, and, like, not take you under their wing, but just kind of bring you in a little bit more to the group or hang out with you a little bit more or anything like that? Um, I've had a few people, like, be really nice and reach out to me just, like, on Facebook or via Messenger, like, hey, good job or... Oh, good. You, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but... Uh, no, not really, but that is not their fault. That is my own like standoffishness of like don't get too close. <laughs> <laughs> stay <laughs> stay so a few is, paces. It is not, you know, um via anybody else. It is my own. Yeah, but no, you guys have been healthy healthy distance. <laughs> Here's a, a question for you uh, uh, before and and I'll I can if you want I can share a, a, a disaster story mm-hmm. uh with you uh but but before I get to that um, have you noticed, and we've been lucky recently that we've, the, the group has started to, we were, we were a very like same kind of, we were a very dude heavy, same kind of dude group for a while. Yeah. And luckily that's starting to change a little bit. Have you, did you notice any difference being a woman coming into the group of like how you were ingratiated into the group or do, or do you notice any like differences or has it been pretty smooth, um, coming in? I don't know what I would have to compare it to, but yeah. no, you guys have all been, you know, everybody has been super nice or there's, if you're talking like, you know, like prejudices or like, no, or just like, yeah, just like it feels different. Like there, there's on a given night of 22 comics, you know, at certain times, 19 to 20 of them are mm-hmm. dudes. Like, I, I don't know who I'm going to, who I'm going to vibe with and, and, you know, like relate to being a brand new Oh, no, no. If there's anything, it's my own thing. No, nobody has been. Yeah, it's you guys are all. And that's one of the things. And I I, there's been a few people in the group that I think have really like helped that. Like, I don't know if you've met Jessica yet, uh, Mm -hmm. De La Garza, but she's been really helpful for our group with that. Because just like natural, uh, like in natural progression, the group's got a ton of dudes in it of the same age, of the same demographic. Like, I remember at one point there were like 10 of us who all had just turned 30. <laughs> we were all white dudes and like we, but we were like two or three years in. Yeah. So like there, you'd, you'd see a show that, and we'd be the ones in town that were booked on it. And they're just like, there'd be six of us that would just go up and be talking about being a 30 year old dude. And here's my take <laughs> on being a 30 year old dude. And here's my take on being a 30 year old dude. And it's so refreshing now that there's other perspectives of like, every all different kinds of people jumping in but it wasn't like that for a while and it's it also to get like for us to get served our medicine like you said your first joke is about uh your your Mm ex-husband so not only like you hear five 30 year old dudes get up and talk about hey i'm a 30 year old dude and here's how i think about the world not only do we have a new perspective i get to hear about your life Mm -hmm. but i also get to hear you go oh hey 
here's what it's like dealing with you, 30-year-old <laughs> dude. And that's a nice thing so that, you know, to, to break up the monotony. And I think, like, I think comics that we have, like Jessica, have been very She's great. good for that because uh, she just joined us like six or eight months ago. And oh, really? was, yeah, same thing, like was doing things uh, like ahead of her time, had good habits and things like that. But when she started, uh, we, we've got... Uh, I th- I think she was she was oftentimes by herself as the only woman on the bill, and sometimes there's like thirty comics, uh, and she did a really good job of like branching out and getting some of the some of the women who started stand up in the last couple of years, but didn't really come out to the open mics as much with us mm-hmm. uh, to reach out to them and be like, hey, start coming to this, and now we've got like five or six or seven or eight who, who kind of show up, and it's it's really changed the pace of the room for the better, uh, and it's it's the more uh the more that that happens the better but it is one of those things that just took a couple years for it to that's fantastic yeah it's it's an interesting thing how like like that tipping point style how it can go a couple years of just being a certain way and and we would talk about it at times of like how do we change this because it seems pretty and the other part is with new comics as a safety valve uh, and, and people working on things as a safety valve, if there's something different going on in the room mm-hmm. and your material's not working, uh, people will have a tendency to talk about the different thing going on in the room. So if there are people of a different whatever demographic than yeah. usually sitting in the front row, out of 25 comics, 10 of them are going to get scared and talk about whatever's in the... Like, I remember one time there were like these... There was a group of Australians that were like six foot four. Nice. And my goddamn... Oh. <laughs> my scared to do their material and also like, you know, star-dazzled friends were so enamored with these six <laughs> foot four Australians that it's what the whole night became about. Or like, or if it's a typically like, like white, like, 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 roadhousey audience and then like a, a group of like black or hispanic people come out and sit at a table 12 comics will be like hey you like you're it's weird that you're here and then go into <laughs> everyone will do their like black joke and and, and yep. i'm sitting in the back on like oh god so i was worried about that too that there'd be like 24 male comics on the bill and then we have one female come up and sign up on the list and 18 comics get up and be like we got a lady here tonight <laughs> doing comedy and, so I'm glad it's starting to balance out more. Uh, and I'm glad you haven't seen that because I, I kept tabs like when Jessica started, mm-hmm. she noticed that a little bit because it was a little bit more unique yeah. for her to be there. And luckily she's done that good work that it, that it, it's all, you know, that's that's not really there now. Everyone's just kind of like, yeah. She paved the way. She paved the way, <laughs> which isn't bad in eight, no. eight, eight months to do. That's fantastic. Uh, do you want to uh, do you want to hear uh, a disaster story from? I'll tell I'll tell you one or two disaster stories if you want to hear. Go for it. Uh, train wrecks. I'll tell you one. Um, and here I'll start it with a question. Do you feel? Do you ever feel like uh, in our group? And I think we're a pretty relaxed group. And feel free to be honest. Um, I feel like we're a pretty relaxed group but do you ever feel like the like tightness of like the rules of the mic or like the like that there's any of that like you feel comfortable in the spot no yeah okay you don't feel like any discomfort of like oh i better not do this or or i'm gonna get in trouble or anything like that like you've you've felt pretty yeah it's comfortable that's good and that's 
what we aim for as much as we can uh and another part of the reason for that is how sometimes other scenes can go like where i started was in tulsa and i started doing open mics at this comedy club and in a, in a comedy club they have all different kinds of pressures because they're mm. bringing someone from like wednesday to sunday saturday or sunday tuesday to saturday or sunday okay. and they've got to sell tickets and do all these things so if they do an open mic they're still running like big time running a business and this is in you know what they call is uh like middle america i'd call it the south but they call it the you know yeah. the midwest so it's a different sensibilities and so the open mic that i did there it was an eight-person sign-up um, where you'd go by lottery. So there'd be eight open mic spots, and then that would take the place of the feature act, but then a national headliner would come in and close out the show and do an hour. Okay. So because of that, there were a lot more rules. Like you couldn't, you couldn't say bad curses, you couldn't be too graphic, and you had four minutes, and they gave you the light at three minutes, and then you had one minute left. If you went over that, they'd hit you with a double light and you had 30 seconds. Otherwise they were going to turn the lights and the microphone off on you and you would never be allowed to come back. So it was those kind of like tight. So I was, I was just going up like terrified, like I don't want to screw up and get even more embarrassed than I'm going to be for eating shit up here. And so it was like the third or fourth time I did stand up. Uh, I drew a yes and he was giving us the rules before the thing. And there was a guy who was like on, like he was mm-hmm. off stage, but he was, he was like one of those guys that feels like you have to be funny all the time. Yeah. And I'm sure you've probably already run into that is there's comedians, especially like open mic comedians, where as soon as they walk in the door, they think they need to be doing their set. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. they're always, hey, how you doing today? It's funny you should mention. And like, hey, they're just waiting for that softball. Yeah. Just yeah. Just wait a minute. You'll go up there. He was one of those guys. And so the guy goes, you can't say any curses like you can say you can say ass, but you can't say like a graphic like something in the ass. Or Mm -hmm. you can say you can say this guy was being a dick, but you can't say look at my dick like that kind of stuff. And so this he's like, you can't say shit. You can't say fuck. And the guy's like, well, what about like what about motherfucker? And and the and the the manager just looked at him like not funny, (laughs) not funny at all. (laughs) So we don't think anything of it. They bring in the crowd and the show starts. And this guy, this guy who tried to be funny, he goes up, he's second and he goes up and in his first sentence, uh, in his first, I'd say 20 words, he says five motherfuckers. Nice. And five shits. Like what's going on? Motherfuckers just here to do this shit and motherfucking let's get this shit going. Motherfuckers. Am I right? immediately like and and all the comics in the room are just looking at each other like what's gonna happen now (laughs) so he just keeps going and does his whatever his eddie murphy-esque like he was like shit motherfucker thing that he was doing and all of a sudden i don't maybe he blacked out also because as he's talking the microphone cuts out and he's like what happened i don't know what happened and as he's talking like it seems like he figures it out so the manager turns the mic back on and it comes back on he goes Oh, so anyway, motherfuckers. Just runs right back into they it. They turn the mic off again and he goes, what happened? And then he just starts doing, he starts doing <laughs> his act to no microphone. Like, shit, motherfucker. And all of a sudden, the lights go off and from like the sky and the booming like God voice, you just hear the manager go, get off 
the stage. <laughs> he got called out and the manager was waiting for him in the back. Never saw that guy again. Nice. I want to see him. I'd love to interview him to see what this would be like, but never saw that guy. I'm guessing that was his last day doing comedy. It was a good it was a good time, but not for him. Probably yeah, more fun to watch then. Yeah, ex- exactly right. And that man's name was Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I think we're at a good spot there. Unless you want to hear, like, if I'd be glad to tell you a story when I was a train wreck. Um, you want to you, sure. you, you want to hear uh, what What do you want to hear? Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, you Do you want to hear about first bomb? I'll tell you my I'll tell you my first bomb. Sure. Uh, first time I I did stand up was my first bomb actually, uh, and I I didn't know. I didn't know I bombed until the ride home. By the way, when you get on stage, are you doing? Do you do courage beers, or did you go up? I, I totally don't, sober. I don't drink. Not at or all. Do, yeah. So you just went up. You just went up yeah, straight every sober time as a judge. Stone cold sober. That even that amplifies <laughs> the fear. So like you had to be just hard pounding out of your chest when you first walked up first time. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I, for my first, I'd say three or four months, did not go on stage without having three beers. And I don't, I, I drink maybe twice a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that first three months, I drank at a least, lot. at least every Wednesday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. So the first time I did it was actually, it was actually in Pittsburgh and I had to work myself in and I didn't know anybody. That's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I go down to this place called the Smiling Moose. Which is a bar that actually, in hindsight, looks a lot like what we did at Jerry's the other night. Just like a long side room. Mm-hmm. And there was a bar at the back of the room where where patrons did not know they were going to have comedy thrust upon them. And then, just like Jerry's, there were a couple tables in the front where people who wanted to enjoy comedy sat in the front tables. Uh, so the front tables had like college kids at them. And then the back bar had like the day drinkers. Like they weren't there to, it was a Tuesday night and they didn't show up to drink that Tuesday night. Like they were holdovers from Tuesday morning who just hadn't, like they'd been there, they put in a shift. Nice. And they're just finishing out there. <laughs> so I get there and I have like my three or four beers just to just to deaden the nerves a little bit to, to go up. And the group was kind of cold to me. Like I went to the sign-up sheet and I'm like, hey, is this a sign-up sheet? And they just said something stupid. So I'm like, I'm already in my head, dome rocked. And the show starts and the host comes up. He's like, hey, how's everybody doing? And bombs. It was the first time I've seen anybody bomb. Cause oh, I, snap. Because I, you know, just watch people on TV. Mm-hmm. And I, I wasn't attuned to like watching comedy on YouTube or anything like that. And anyone I saw on TV just crushed all the time. <laughs> So it just didn't sit in the back of my brain, I guess, that people do bomb. And I watch this guy just eat shit. And he's running the show. So what's going to happen to me? Like, I'm thinking if he's doing bad. Yeah. And he brings up the uh, first person. And the first person dies. A cruel death. I mean, dead silence. The bar is just like, ugh. Like the whole time. (laughs) Second person goes up, uh, and I have a recording of this because I was afraid to touch my phone after I started recording, so I recorded like the whole night because I, <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to edit myself. Um, and he goes up, and he, like he's trying out his jokes, and nothing's working. 
and he tells this joke and it doesn't work. And after a couple seconds, uh, someone from the crowd goes, lame. And he on the microphone goes, lame, like repeats it and goes, sorry, guys, I'm Ronald and walks off like all defeated. <laughs> and I'm just falling apart this whole time. The third guy, I swear to God, the third guy they bring on stage is blind. Nice. He had to be helped on stage. They help him onto stage and everyone notices that he's blind, gets a full round of applause like, yeah. Last sound for the next five minutes. He ate shit too. They didn't even give him a pity like charity laugh. Wow. Nothing. Just dead. And I'm fourth. (laughs) (laughs) So the guy gets up. And he's like, okay, we're going to bring up your fourth comic, uh, Chris Filial. And does that with my name. And when when you screw up someone's name as a host, like it kind of puts the audience in a weird spot. So he obviously screwed up my name. And the audience just kind of goes like. <laughs> like, you're like, what do we do here? Yeah. <laughs> And I got up and I was just kind of in a blackout moment. Mm-hmm. I was like, I get up and I was like, yeah, handshaking, like, yeah, yeah, uh, no one knows me. Uh, no one, no one knows me here, like would have any reason to know me. Actually, this is, this is my first time doing it. I didn't mean to say it. It just came yeah. out. I didn't want the cheap laugh either, but I was like, this is my first time doing it. And they clapped because I said it was my first time doing it. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh my God. And then I told, of course, my like my meathead bits about me at the gym, which I kind of still do, uh, and all, like the guy that I met at the gym, and like some hacky bit about cell phones that mm-hmm. I like this witty observation I thought I made. And I get off stage, and while I'm on stage, I'm like, "This is going well." Like I have the recorder in my pocket, like this, like my first time doing comedy. I thought I did as well as I know you did. Your first, I was like, I got laughs, I got applause. This, like, <laughs> I think I killed. That's the delusion. That's the, I think I, I think I did it. Like, I think I should do this. And I get off stage and I pay my tab and run out of there. I'm just like, like adrenaline high, terrified. Don't want to see anybody. Don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to get out Mm -hmm. and go home. So I get out and go to my car, praying that the three beers had worn off at this point. And I sit down and I, and I'm like, I want to listen to this shit on the way home. And I plug my phone in (laughs) to listen to my triumphant crushing of yeah. the night like get rid like am i going to send this into you know america's got talent or, or like last comic standing well what am i going to do with this and i plug in the phone and i realize that i'm on the state like i said i'm on the stage and maybe like 50 like 75 feet away is where the bar is mm-hmm. and the tables are in the front i realize that for my five minutes i've got the phone on a stool next to me i can hear the bartender throwing beer bottles away (laughs) and taking orders for beers 75 feet away multiples more loudly than anybody ever giggled in the front couple of tables i was like (laughs) fuck i i ate shit and that was in august and i didn't touch a microphone again until february of the next year that is heartbreaking to find out that way right yeah that's like i thought i was I thought I was balling. Let's see, you were the opposite. You got off and you're like, I don't know if that was good at all. And I grabbed you. I, I grabbed you and was like, hey, that was, keep coming back because that was very good. I was the opposite of like, I think I just smashed this. 
and I did not smash it. She <laughs> smashed it. It was a beer bottle, and she smashed it way louder than any laughs I got. Um, nice. And anytime you feel like you have a tough show, um, myself and and a dozen of the other comics have at least a hundred of those. So anytime you want to hear one, be glad to tell you. Uh, is there no. any any stories or anything you want to share? Or any any parting words before we before I I've, I've stopped bugging you here. Well, there, there is one thing. Yep. Um, you told a joke. Uh, what was it on Wednesday mm-hmm. about the the prisoners getting? Oh, Harvard. catfished. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, or catfishing do you the want me military. To, before you uh, do, you, before you add your note, do you want me to do the framing of like sure, what the yeah. story is? Yeah, you can do it better okay. than I did. Oh, were you gonna talk about the story? It just. In response I'll, to I'll it. Just t- yeah, I'll just touch on what happened. It was a news story where a group of inmates in a South Carolina prison created a catfish ring to extort money out of soldiers. So they got like $560,000 out of over 400 soldiers. What they did is they posed as women uh, and, and catfished these, uh, these young soldiers uh, and then pretended to be the woman. They pretended that the, the girl they were pretending to be was underage uh, and then reached out to these soldiers as the girl's dad and said, uh, we're going to turn you into the police. But if instead, if you give me a thousand dollars for, you know, medical costs and counseling and therapy, we'll call it even uh, wire the money, by the way. And they, he sent the email from uh, what was it called? Like rich homie at Gmail dot com or something, yeah, something like that. Ridiculous. And they got over 400 young men uh, to, to send them this money. And I did a bit about that. So sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, um, that got me thinking about uh, what like the equivalent of like women would be of like dumb stuff. OK. And uh I figured it out. Okay. Um, I went to art school, obviously, yeah. and uh, there's also film that did. That it was a film department, okay. and uh, my first year, a guy came up to me and was like, "You want to be in a movie?" And I said, "Yes." Oh God. <laughs> no questions. Just oh, got a God. script and showed up. Oh God. <laughs> ready ba- to do whatever a guy with a camera told me to do. Oh, baby and, Weinstein here. <laughs> and I, I made a student film. And, uh, it was horrible. It's on YouTube. Uh, I don't know what it's called. I've never watched it because halfway through I could tell it was going to be, be a shit show. And so I, I've never seen it, but if anyone can find it, good for them. Oh, I would be, I would be glad to do yeah. some due diligence on that. Wait, where, did you act in the film? Yeah, you, I was okay. the star. What was the plot of the film? I, you know what? This person... It is not. It was not a good film, and I know it was not a good film because it became so infamously bad that uh, for the rest of my years at college, people would come up to me at least once a year and be like, "You that girl <laughs> from that movie that such and such made?" And I'd be like, "Yes, uh, no." Oh God. <laughs> and um, the premise was something about me being a ghost. I did it's ghosty always, stuff. It's always. But the guy who approached you to be in this movie was he an all right guy or was he creepy? It was a little creepy. You know, and I've seen this. I don't know anything about the film world, but I've seen like I've seen the creepy director. Like I'm going to start a movie, and it seems like the motive is find a woman I'm attractive to to get her to dress up like a zombie or a ghost, and <laughs> and, and work backwards. I'll figure out the plot. The important part is 
getting that cute girl to wear a skimpy dress and put blood on her lip is, yeah. is basically i've seen dozens of those plots unfold of like there'll be just like there'll be some like some woman i know who's like not no but like we're friends of friends and all of a sudden she's in a zombie movie and like i <laughs> it's always a thing but that 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 is the equivalent of 20 year old dumb girl crap you get suckered into you hear being a in movie a film. and you're like i'm there um yeah <laughs> yeah academy for your consideration yeah this is me in ghost sorority <laughs> seven and then I realized I have not gotten any smarter because you contacted me and were like, you want to be on a podcast? And I'm I was not- like, and I didn't ask any questions. No follow up. Just like, I'll be there. <laughs> Come to my apartment. We're going to record. This isn't even on. This is- <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. But I feel special. These are fake microphones. I got them from my nephew. No one will ever, no one will ever hear this or from you again. <laughs> right? I'm yeah. just kidding. I'll send $1,000 to whatever email address. <laughs> you want yeah what a great way to close this thing out what a wonderful way we're gonna have to do this again do you mind if we check in every couple months just to see like what's changed in the scene and you give me your fresh eyes thing of it sure okay great thank you so much for joining me again the guest is Alyssa suggs you can see her at any of the open mics in town tuesday night at jerry's pizza downtown bakersfield wednesday night tembler brewing company 3200 buck owens thursday night rocket shop cafe bakersfield california especially Alyssa's parents Come out and see a show. She's really dying to perform for you folks. Don't.